Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. There's a place here at the table. Your coats go by the door. You can kick your shoes off in that pile on the floor. I hope you wore elastic, because your waistband's going to get tight. Take time's done with guys it's ari and sophie and you are listening to the dulcet sounds of having a night the podcast dedicated to reviving the lost art of the dinner party say it five times fast <laughs> i don't think i can right now it would break my voice so hey what'd you eat this week i wanted to talk a little bit about a less than stellar experience i had at a restaurant that will not Tell be named have you had an outdoor dining experience that was just just really missed the mark? I think it's yes. so great all you know what what everyone is doing and and the enthusiasm and and keeping all of these businesses alive, but sometimes it just doesn't all add up. Like something gets lost and the food somehow just like passes the literal threshold of the restaurant door into the into the outdoors and it just like loses its magic. Oh, yeah. Well, I also think a lot of that has to do, and I can't wait to hear about your terrible experience spilling the tea, but um, I feel like a lot of that also has to do with how much effort the restaurant put into making the outdoor have some kind of ambiance. Like, it doesn't have to be extreme. Like, it doesn't have to be like a little chalet. So this is a place that has a a lot, a lot, a lot of ambiance in its normal restaurant. Yes. But, but outside, none. Was this in New York City? Yes. You're not, I'm not going to tell you because I love this place and I don't want to bash it. It's just, uh, right, fine. anyway, so there was none and it was really uh, brightly lit because of other surrounding buildings. There well, was, if we know one thing about Ari, it's that she likes to eat in the pitch black. <laughs> that's right. I like, I'm, one day I'm going to own one of those restaurants where everyone's blindfolded. <laughs> Um, there was a, a light, a, a light structure, uh, on the, an adjacent building that was like, you know, running an ad constantly. So it was like super neon and bright and just the food was not where it usually was. And I was just like, oh man, this is, this sucks. Cause I love this restaurant, but yeah. Was it a temperature thing where the food came out and you felt like things were supposed to be hot or suddenly cold? It was a temperature thing. It was like there was a salad that Sophie was so salty. I was like, oh. what? Like, it's, did someone think this was not salt and just 
Right. Was assaulted twice. Right. It's just like amateur. And and then I wanted to say something, but then I was like, that's going to be rude. But I don't mean it to be rude. I mean it to be like, hey, guys, just FYI, like you're over-assaulting. Well, that's a good thing for us to talk about. Maybe we can, the next time we have someone on who runs or works at a restaurant, we can talk about this because like, what is the line between being helpful mm-hmm. and being an asshole? Because right. sometimes, right, it is like, hey, so this is inedible and it's not, I'm not, saying you should take it off my bill. I'm saying like, FYI, you might not want to cook this dish that way anymore. Or right. Like there's a, <clears throat> someone is finishing this. Maybe it's a, like a, a runner, a food runner. Some often like they'll <laughs> put in extra seasoning and, and they are, <laughs> they've gone rogue. Gone, exactly. Gone rogue. Just stand, standing at the fast with yeah. their fingers all going. They've, lo- they've completely lost their minds. <laughs> um, anyway, so that that is all to say i'm like more excited now than ever for things to start opening back up because the the outdoor dining thing it's great and I, i'm glad that it's going to change kind of the food landscape of, of the city and cities all yeah. around but it's like okay well there's something to be said though for just eating and the way that the restaurant attended in in the atmosphere the restaurant in, intended you to eat it yeah so you are like yes i had one bad meal but i'll definitely go back to this restaurant oh yeah for sure okay I sometimes okay. feel like fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. You would be a horrible food critic. Uh, no, I just, no, no, no. I just think like if I've gone to a restaurant three times and it's been disappointing all three times, even though it's gotten oh, a lot of, of hype, it's three not times. a good restaurant for me. You oh know? yeah, but you said you yeah. went once. You said fool me once, no, three times. Fool me, fool <laughs> me once, shame on you. As in like, okay, Fool me twice, shame on me for going back. Right. But I'm that's what I'm saying. You only went twice. <laughs> I know. I'm just you, sort of extending the metaphor. Okay. <laughs> There's one particular restaurant that I've been to three times that everybody loves and thinks is like one of the greatest restaurants in New York. And I've never had a good meal there. I I it's no longer it's no longer a place where I will frequent. Yes, I agree. I was listening to Sam Sifton on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me this weekend. And he was saying, talking about his restaurant critic days, because he's on this big book promotional tour about his um, new book, the No No Recipe Recipe Cookbook, oh, which oh, actually yeah. would be fun for us to talk about at some point and get our hands on it. But um, he was talking about consistency being like, you can talk about food and atmosphere, blah, blah, blah. But consistency is actually the most important thing. So making sure you go back to a restaurant at least three times. So, you know, fool Sam Sifton thrice. Shame on Shame them. on the restaurant. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What about you? Oh my God. Okay. So this is that time of year when I start getting really into making Greek salads at home. Oh, I didn't know that was a a (laughs) yearly (laughs) and annual thing I should anticipate. There's ramp season and there's Sophia makes Greek salad at home season. Um, And we've entered it and I'm so happy about it because- It's like the, you know, the weather's turning a little bit warm. It's not quite warm enough yet, but I'm like trying to bring out the Mediterranean vibe. Feeling wanna, Greek. I'm feeling, I'm feeling Greek. I don't even know what a Greek accent sounds like. Did you guys hear Ari's and my terrible Irish accents last week? <laughs> look at the Irish. Oh, the look of the Irish. <laughs> I kept people. saying it all night after the trip <laughs> out. Oh, well, how um, do you, well, look at the Irish, you know. <laughs> So I had that, I made that for lunch on Sunday. I'm having it for dinner tonight. I'm not a, I'm not like a putting protein on a Greek salad person. Maybe if I had some chicken or 
uh, soft boiled egg. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> generally I'm doing greens as in like, I have some beautiful baby gems, chopping my greens, some small tomatoes, those hot house ones that I get from Maine that I really love backyard farms, some cucumber. I actually do not have dill at the moment. So I've been using parsley, but like a lot of super, super finely chopped parsley that I then mix with olive oil and a little bit of like Riesling vinegar at the bottom of the bowl, scallions, and then a big block of feta, toss it all up. What kind of feta, please? So I use Valbreso feta, which comes in like a huge rectangular can. Mm Mm-hmm. And Ooh, it's can. very good. I think it is Bulgarian actually. Yes. And it's not super expensive, but it's like each thing has, I think eight blocks of feta in it. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's like, it's the perfect balance of tangy and salty. My dad's been buying it since I was in high school and I love it. Plus, you know, it comes in a can, doesn't come in plastic. You know, how I feel about that. Um, and it's so freaking good. And it just sits in that briny water. You could probably use the brine, actually, the, the water for something like brining a chicken. Right. Good idea. And yeah, so that's what I what I ate this week. A lot of black pepper. If I had, oh, I actually have some dried oregano. Maybe I'll throw that in, in there tonight. Um, that sounds very springtimey and delicious. Maybe I will follow your lead this yeah. evening. Yeah. Oh, I might get some good bread today also and like maybe try to grill it. I'm hungry. Okay. So guys, we have a guest today. So excited. Mm -hmm. We have the one and only Lawrence Longo. He truly is a a unique person in that his, like, how do we even introduce him? Because he's created kind of a new career for himself that doesn't really exist. He's like a food producer, promoter. He's like someone like us who loves food so much, but is not, does not consider himself a cook. So he's kind of carved out this own, his own career path so that he can help promote and spread awareness and, and get shed light on certain food businesses that he loves and feels enthusiastic about. Yeah. I mean, some might say he's, he's like a restaurant cheerleader or a restaurant ally. No, he is trying to help support businesses and people that he loves and bring them to larger groups of people. Wow. I'm doing a really bad job of explaining this. Let's give some examples. So if you guys have heard of Prince street pizza, which is a super famous pizza place in New York, super delicious. brought that to LA. LA. He done food festivals. He started off the menu. So he creates um, certain off the menu, special dishes in collaboration with certain restaurants and kind of blasts that out. I think through an app, which is super great. Yeah. This is a good example, I think, of what he does. So there's a pop-up in LA called Burgers Never Say Die. And he went and he loved their burgers. And he was like, hey, man, why don't you turn this into a brick-and-mortar restaurant Mm -hmm. and basically helped them do that? So it's sort of like, I don't know, a food aid? Food aid, food entrepreneur. He's just awesome. Such a great guy. So fun. Such an appetite for life. We had so much fun talking to him. A lot of laughs in this one. And we're excited to see what he does in the food world next. So listen in. Yeah. Sorry, Lawrence, that we like tried to explain what you do when basically we talk about it the entire episode. (laughs) But we hoped you, we hope you enjoyed our brief intro. Okay. Yeah. Take it from here, Lawrence. We are live. We are live with Lawrence Longo. Lawrence, hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. We're so happy you're here. I'm so happy to be here. So should we just start with some basics? Like, were you always a food guy? Tell us a little bit about your journey. No, never in the professional food world until like six years ago. 
but I had eaten 45,000 meals up until then. <laughs> uh, uh, my, I come from an Italian family and I, you know, I tell people that like at breakfast, we'd talk about what's for lunch at lunch. We talk about what's for dinner at dinner. We talk about what we're going to order after dinner. You know, my grandfather was, is a, uh, is a, in, into real estate, was into commercial real estate uh, and residential, but he always told me, don't go, don't go into the entertainment business and don't get into food. Not a good way to make money. And uh, I totally disobeyed everything he said. And I went into entertainment and then I went into food and then I did both together. And now, you know, I'm here eating a lot of food, making no money. So he was well, right. Hey, you live to tell the tale. So that's uh, what matters. Yeah. Um, but I just love, I love food. I honestly just never thought that there was an opportunity to do something fun in food if you weren't a cook. It's kind of like, you know, my love for hockey. I was a hockey player growing up and I never knew you could be a GM of a hockey team until I turned 30. Right. And it, was, it was way too late. So the food thing kind of crept up on me and it all started with uh, off the menu. I created an app as, just, as a hobby uh, on a do-it-yourself platform. I curated all these secret menu items across the country. And lo and behold, I had an app and all of a sudden I had press. And then I was like, oh, I got to raise money. And I raised money. Then I lost all the money. Then I was like, I'm not raising any more money until I know what my business is. Then I built my business. And then I'm here today and it's, it's ending up to be pretty awesome. And I'm pretty proud of the business I've built. And, you know, I didn't um, keep raising money like most startups do. I was like, I'm just going to do this myself and, you know, build this on, on our own backs. And um, I've seen so many other businesses um, come and go with a lot more money than I have. And, mm -hmm. you know, we're a scrappy little startup that's, doing uh, better than I ever would have thought three years ago. So I'm pretty pumped up about it and I'm doing what I love and, you know, maybe not making the money I always wanted to, but <laughs> that's not, that's like when you find something you love it, that the money, it will come and it doesn't really matter. So, so you've got off yeah. the menu, then you are an, tell me, correct me if I'm wrong. You're an investor in burgers, never say die in Prince street pizza, or what is your role in both of those? Yeah, both of those um, viral sensations. I started off the menu and as being part of off the menu, I was fine discovering these like cool pop-ups and I just heard about this burger pop-up and I'm obsessed with burgers. And I, I went to this backyard and this guy was making these burgers in his backyard. And I was like, this is the best burger I've ever had. Wow. And I asked him to be a part of an event I was doing. So we did the event together and I said, I know nothing about financing restaurants, but if you need any sort of money, um, I'd be happy to invest uh, in your in what you want to do. And so basically me and one of my best friends put up the money to open up a burger joint. And it was purely out of the love of the burger. And, mm -hmm. I, you know, I thought that Sean was a really good guy who was making these burgers. And we opened up Burgers Never Say Die. And with Prince Street Pizza, I was on, on National Pizza Day. I wanted to make a statement. So I basically... Every time I'd go to New York City, I would, I'd stay with this hockey player friend of mine, Sean Avery, who played for the Rangers at the time. And I was <laughs> he like... hot. <laughs> <laughs> He's hot hockey player. Hot hockey. So uh, I was like, you know, what's your favorite slice? He'd tell me about this place called Prince Street. And they had just, like, opened. And I would go... There was not really any lines at the time. And I'd go there. And it was just like... It made me so happy. That piece of pizza, that spicy spring made me so happy 
And it was like a lonely city for me because, you know, I'd, be, I'd go there alone. I'd grab my slice. I'd be walking home alone. And it'd just be the happiest time of my life. <laughs> so I became friends with, with uh, Dom, the, the, uh, the son of the founder. And um, a couple of years ago on National Pizza Day, I do these pop-ups. And I was like, let's have Prince Street Pizza come to L.A. Uh, on National Pizza Day. And, they, and so they, Dom came. And it was insane because, you know, I did everything I could to keep the pizza quality the same. And we had three hour lines in the pouring rain on Grammy weekend with Grammy people that were about to win Grammys, not at the Grammys in our line waiting to have pizza. And it was just like, wow. And so I said, Dom, do you, you, you guys want to open up in LA? And he was like, you got to talk to my dad. I was literally on the next flight out to New York and said, Come, and I told them what my vision for Prince Street Pizza was. Mm-hmm. And I said, listen, I don't think it should be like Domino's. It's a premium pizza brand. It's, we should have like one in every major city. There's a, and then I, had, I, I basically gave him the whole vision of what I wanted to do with it. Mm-hmm. And he was like, where are you from? I was like, Italy. And I'm not from Italy, like my family is. My grandparents were born in Canada. <laughs> um, so, and he was like, well, what part of Italy? I was like, well, my great grandparents were born in Calabria. He's like, me too. And it was it. it was, the deal was done. I was like, no, I'm not qualified. I'm not like, but I was like, it was like that kind of like brotherly, like connection that, um, made it, made it come to, uh, fruition. And I basically, he said, Lawrence, the only thing I want you to do is make sure that everything is the exact same as New York. I and love that. So I have a water filter. I import the cheese. Every single thing that they do in New York, I do. I just couldn't get rats that shit in the uh, sewer system to like shit my water. But hey, that may be what makes the New York version so good. You never know. <laughs> I know. You can't I know. buy those rats. I know. That's how I got involved in those two brands. I knew from studying the food industry that I um, what works because. Off the menu, basically, all we do is help support and promote local food establishments. Like, my goal is to be the live nation of food. I'm going to be the biggest food promoter in the world. And we don't, we don't review restaurants. We don't, like, tear restaurants down. If a restaurant sucks, I'm not talking about it. You know what I mean? Right. I'll still promote it. You know what I mean? Like, it, that's really the, the love we have for the food industry, unlike other publications who just want to tear businesses down. Off the menus here to promote them. Right. And, and so, but as we do, did that, you know, I, I get really into things and I study the food industry and I realized what works, what doesn't work, what's recession proof, what would fail during a recession. And I wasn't even thinking like, I was thinking there's going to be a stock market crash. I wasn't thinking about a pandemic and right. knock on, knock on wood, these food brands that I have nothing to do with other than promoting, like the guys who create, I didn't create the sauce. I didn't create the burger. Mm-hmm. That's like, I don't take credit for any of that stuff. Those are the geniuses that did that. I can just take credit for like, you know, knowing that those were good. But by the way, everyone else knew they were good too. So mm-hmm. I'm not a genius for that. Right. Um, and, you know, just figuring out a way to make it happen. And I realized that as a restaurant, make one thing amazing. If you yeah. make one thing amazing, that's the key. And people get like, these chefs are like, oh, I do it all. I can do this, this. And why aren't people coming to my restaurant? They should know who I am and they should just come. It's like, because I'm confused. I don't know what the hell you do. You have right. 20 things on your menu. I'm confused. I'm ordering the burger. I, I want to say that I just figured out what works in the food business. And I've been, I guess, lucky. Here's just lucky. That's all I can say. 
So what does it mean to be a food promoter? Because like a concert promoter, obviously I get it, right? It's like these acts can travel all over, obviously, right? You're you're a person, you've got your stage, you got your dancers, you got your whatever. But with food, so does that mean like taking a restaurant and making it a pop-up in other cities? Like what does it really mean to be a food promoter in your mind? So in my mind, it's just promoting food, talking about it, spreading like the best thing for uh, promoted, promotion is word of mouth. And the yeah. best way for word of mouth is through social media. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's really just like, there's nobody out there that promotes food. And but when you say like Live Nation, yeah. like what, what's, the, what's the corollary there? Okay, so, so let's look at Live Nation. What do they do? They promote concerts, right? They put them on. So what do I do is I promote restaurants. So I treat restaurants as if they are rock bands or rock stars or venues. <laughs> And I'm promoting those venues and those. And when I see a talent, I'm like, hey, let me help you. And let's do a concert for yourself. And when I like take Avi Q, uh, this amazing Israeli guy who's doing shawarma and a pita and arayas and all this. And I'm, I take him. And I'm like, yeah, you're like my indie rock band. And let's take you on tour. And then let's go get a sponsor. So I call Stella. I'm like, Stella, I got this great guy. He's drawing long lines and fans. Let's back him. Let's create this experience. And let's let and let's create this like, uh, like I said, like a, a concert type thing. I and like this experience, it. I also do festivals. I yeah. do the Burger Showdown, the Wing Fest, the Wing Showdown, and I, uh, America's Sweetest. And I have all these like food festivals because a the first reason I did food festivals to draw people to my app. So my app off the menu, twenty dollars a month, and you get access to one free secret menu item every single day at restaurants in in Los Angeles. The uh, idea with the festivals was to draw people to my app. Well, I went to, I started going to these food festivals to see what my competition was like. And they're literally like snore fests. Honestly, I would, I'm not going to mention who puts them on, but I'd go to these festivals and I'd be like, my grandparents would be sleeping during this thing. There's no creativity. There's nothing. It's like, here, sample this and sample that. And there's like, I basically was like, let's hone it in. Let's do a burger festival. And let's bring celebrities with these local restaurants, team them up together and create this off the menu burger. Now that's something I can get behind seeing Tommy Lee make a burger, marshmallow making a burger and like that kind of stuff. And it's like, it's for a younger audience. So I see it all as content. Sometimes I talk about food as, as content and they're like, what are you talking about? I was like, it's all content. Content is king. It brings me back to my days as like working in the, in the, in the movie industry or the TV industry where it was like, if the content is good, it will, it will, that's all the marketing you need, mm. you know? And, and that's kind of like how I see myself as a live nation of food. Well, you know, I say that now and that's pretty like, that's a big feat, but that's my goal. That's the vision. Right, right, right. I'm not there yet, but you know, I will someday um, yeah. you know, on my way. I want to just go back really quickly to Prince Street Pizza just in terms of like bringing the New Yorkness over there. And I'm asking this specifically as someone who is probably about to move to LA from New York. You, you know, you were saying you walking with the pizza on the way home is the happiest you ever were. How, you know, you can send the cheese, you can send the flour, have the water filter. How do you replicate like the walking around with the pizza part, which I agree is the best part. Like do people get the Prince Street pizza in LA and go back to their car and eat it? Oh my God. I like, <laughs> So people are lined up around the corner, just like eating pizzas around the street on Sunset Boulevard. Wow. And people are like, people have never seen a line on Sunset Boulevard unless it was for a concert. 
do you remember in the 1950s when people would go to burger stands and they'd all eat in their cars and things like that? And like, of course. And it's Private. like that. It's like you go with your family, you, you, you open up the trunk of your car and you're eating the pizza in the back of your car. I, what, the difference with New York and LA was New York people buy slices. Right. In LA, people buy whole pies. Oh, it's insane. And it, so it caused even more of a line and like, and everyone's like, why is the line so big? I was like, cause everybody's ordering whole pies. Yeah. Obviously there's going to be a little bit like of a difference between New York and LA, but there's not a lot of foot traffic, especially right. during COVID where I'm in an area where there's a lot of office buildings and there's nothing like it's a dead zone right now. So, but right. people are still coming. Thank God. Knock on wood. You really have the you're saying, right? Like food is content. I feel like you have like the kind of virality of it really down. So what are some of your favorite and least favorite like big food trends? Like yeah, the, we can go through some. Yeah, like the like the crazy milkshakes at Black Tap, which I'm sure you've seen. Yeah, which are over the top. And listen, some people make food for Instagram. Some people make food for to eat and to enjoy. Um, I find that the over the top stuff like who, who wants a burger that you can't put in your mouth? Like, right. is that really enjoyable? It's not. And, yeah. and so in terms of like food trends, it is the best trends are the ones that taste the taste the best. Yeah. And, and, and the trends that are just for Instagram, I stay away of, especially from like putting my money into, mm-hmm. I, I stay away from at the core of it. Like if you look and see what I get involved in, pizza, it's burgers. Right. I'll get involved in hot, hot dogs. You know what I mean? It's like really like, I don't believe in, in trends. I believe in things that are evergreen. Yeah. So, but wouldn't you say that Prince street pizza is very trendy? I mean, there's no chance in hell I would stand in that line. I've never but, been because the well, line's too fucking well, long. Well, you know me, so you won't ever have to stand hey, in line again. Okay. So. <laughs> also, Sophie, to try it. Lines. Sophie, like, is the opposite of most humans, like, see a line and are intrigued. You see a line and you're like, no. Yeah, I'm like, run the Hard other no. So I see a line and I'm like, I got to buy that business. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's the smartest thing to do. Yeah. Because I don't wait lines either. <laughs> see? So, so It is very uh, good. Yeah, in terms of like food, food trends, I, I just feel like the best trend is something that tastes good. And I don't think Prince Street Pizza is a trend. I, I think that it, there's been a line for four years. It, it's good food. So I wanted to know, obviously you eat out a lot. You had a year where you ate a burger every single good day. Guys, that's 365 burgers if you couldn't do the math. Do you cook at home for yourself? So up until when I got married, I had never, the thing that I would like, you know, if I was on a podcast or anything, I'd be like, I've never made one meal ever in my life. Right. Because I grew up in an Italian family. I have three sisters, a mother a gra- and two grandmothers at the time. I didn't have to, I said like food and they would like, what do you want, Lawrence? Yeah. And it, it would come okay, down. That's some very Italian prince shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it is. Yeah. I, I, trust me. It, yeah. So now me and my wife cook together. It's always just like healthy things we're making at home, but yeah, we're always like cooking fish. We're like, you know, making chicken We're we're, we're doing all kinds of different meals at home. So yeah, I, I'm not a good cook. We're, we're pretty like right down the middle with like veggies and dishes and chickens and it's all done in the skillet, you know, nothing too fancy or anything like that. But I make, I make amazing sandwiches. Oh, right. what's your kinda, like killer sandwich combo? 
But by the way, it's all because of, uh, I, I just know how to buy good ingredients. <laughs> Where do you go? What's that Italian market? Bay Bay Cities. Bay Cities. Bay Cities. Unbelievable. Okay. Little hack for your listeners. Don't wait in the line. Just go to the hot table. Get a meatball sandwich. They're incredible. So, okay, so you love to make a sandwich. Do you ever? Do you guys like host at home? Do you have people over? If you do, what would you guys cook? Would you order in? Like, what's your style? If we're ordering food, we're ordering. We're order usually ordering like sushi. Because mm. um, there's some great sushi delivers really well. Rotisserie Kismet, we order rotisserie chicken. Um, yeah, my friend is one of the owners, Sarah yeah. Edmondson. Yeah. Oh, they're great. Sarah and Sarah, what they're yes. amazing. So talented, those two. So amazing. Good. Yeah. And we, and you know, we order from Craig's. That's one thing where she, like, my wife is so strict on her diet. You know what's funny when I was on my burger quest and I tell everybody this is like, you guys have a doormat at your, at your front door, right? I have a scale. I have a scale. So I go, I have to get on the scale before I walk into the house. And if it's over 200 pounds, she's like, go for a lap, fatty. Okay. So we have to tell our listeners, Lawrence's wife is a fucking ripped, hot Barry's bootcamp fitness instructor. Yeah. So, okay. So got it. Right. So you're heading home. She's like, walk on the fucking block. Yeah. Well, run. (laughs) Walk until the scale goes down. So She's not enjoying a burger with you. It sounds like. My wife has never once eaten a burger in her life. And I confirm that with her father and her mother. They said they've never seen her eat a burger. They, she used to order hot dogs if they got crazy. Wow. Okay, all right. At least she's had a hot dog. She's had right. one of the two. Yeah. <laughs> I caught her. So my daughter is two and a half years old, and her favorite word is pizza. Pizza, pizza, pizza. Whenever I like come home, she's like, pizza. I was like, not tonight. <laughs> and I brought, but so Saturdays, I'll bring her home pizza. And my and my I caught my wife eating the pizza the other day. <gasps> like it's so good, I can't help it. Wow! Small victories, yeah. small victories, yeah. Lord. That's great. Exactly, exactly. So yeah. how do you square that though? Because like I, my husband and I both love to eat so much. To me, that's like, you know, this is the Venn diagram. Like the overlap is how much we love to eat. It's very hard for me to imagine dating someone who doesn't love food as much as I do. So like, how do you square those two things? Well, if I married somebody who loves food as much as me, I would probably be dead. <laughs> so, so, got so, it. It was a preventative measure. It, so it, and, and it was like she loves food; she just eats healthy food. And right, right. You know, uh, it, it's um, they say like opposites attract or attract, and it's kind of true because the one thing we do love is we both love working out. One, like the way we met was in her fitness class. She, and listen, I'm two inches shorter than her. She probably never thought she was going to marry a, a short, chubby dude that loves like pizzas and burgers. Uh, I've and seen photos of you. You're also fucking ripped. I've been, no, I go up and down. Okay. So I can, I'm not ripped anymore. If you play. Oh, is this <laughs> video? You Guys, yep. we're, oh my God, we just got a shot of his stomach. <laughs> yeah. I'm not that ripped right now, but the, uh, I promised her after the burger, thing I would like not eat a burger a day and I'd get healthy. So, you know, it's important to be, you know, I, I somebody said to me once, is like, how many people that are overweight that you know that are over 50? And I was like, Oh God. Oh, I'm thinking scary. myself is, oh my God. All right. You know, it's it's all about moderation, but it's all about being happy. And, you know, there's food makes me happy as long as, you know, I don't abuse it. Right. Um, and I, I keep in shape and, you know, not every meal has got to be pizza, burgers, or hot dogs, you know, it's a healthy balance. 
Let's talk a little bit about burgers because Ari and I also really, really, really love burgers. I would say- Can I ask you guys a question? Please. What are your top like three burgers in New York? Ooh, oh, um, Hillstones is one of my favorites. South Beverly Grill is Hillstones here. Amazing. God, that's a good burger. Even better chicken sandwich, but the burger is fabulous. Great, great salads there too. Oh, that peanut dressing or whatever it is Thank on that. You. Oh my god, peanut double dough. peanut. Oh my god. Okay, so Hillstones, one of mine. Are you? There's this place which is now closed. I'm I'm praying that it opens up um, post COVID called Bernie's in like Greenpoint, Williamsburg area. That was owned by the guys who opened Frankel's. You heard about Frankel's? It's like this Jewish deli in Greenpoint. Like they did really well. They're doing really well. They opened a restaurant. It's super simple. You'd love it. It's like it's like all the restaurants we all went to as kids in like the late 80s, early 90s, like really dark in there, like kind of, you know, an old Budweiser sign, but like, you know, uh, crayons and uh, paper, tablecloth, but not kitschy. It's like somehow yeah. it feels authentic. They've got TVs playing, it's small booths, only booths. And it's like they have a burger, they have a giant Caesar salad in one of those like kind of mm. crappy, like maybe wooden-ish bowls like yeah they look wooden but they're like maybe yeah plastic yeah yeah they've got like um a shrimp uh shrimp cocktail anyway their their burger is fantastic i think it's a double thin patty just delicious i shredded iceberg amazing so are you saying thin patty is a very good segue into so are is a thin patty i'm a thick patty i'm like if you didn't ask me how i want my burger cooked i don't want your burger i wouldn't say i don't want your burger i'll eat it but i'll be grimacing are you like a thin patty, a thick patty, both? I, I'm, yeah, no, I'm into a good burger. And there's a couple things that like need to happen for, in order for me to like a good burger. And it all starts with the bun. The bun, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm notoriously known for not liking brioche buns. Because Same. unless you absolutely have a fresh brioche, when it's fresh it's amazing it's like a donut you know but when it's not the minute it becomes that little stale it's done you ruin your burger i no, i'm into thick burgers and i'm into thin burgers uh the burgers never say die was really like the ones that like started the thin trend burger of like i it's been smash burgers have been around forever but nobody was making smash burgers until burgers never say die like made it made it cool Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously now everybody's making smash burgers, which you probably you hate. Um, but no, I love like, you know, you know, who has a great burger is uh, Ruth Chris. And um, one of my other sayings is that steak houses, like any steak restaurant should have the best burger. If they don't, I question their steak yeah. because they're using the trimmings of the best meat. Right. And that, and they're grinding it in house. That's another thing. If a I mean, burger Peter, joint, Luger's, Peter Luger's is famous for their burger as well. So where I closed, it's where I closed the deal for Prince Street Pizza was eating the Peter, Peter Luger burger. That was an amazing burger. New York's got some unbelievable burgers. I, the same happiness I got from going to Prince Street, I'd get from going to JG Mellon. And it's just, oh, classic, those cottage fries. Exactly. There's something about eating that burger on those, with those cottage fries. Yes. And a tiny I'm, little plate. And I'm a proponent of you don't need anything on your burger. If you have a great burger, bun, meat, cheese, and the juices from that burger yep. are incredible. And you don't I, need anything else. I'm like, you don't need avocado. You don't need a fried egg. You don't need bacon. No. Like, no. Oh, maybe a little uh, Listen, ba- I can, bacon I could live with if it has the right crunch. It's like there's a layer that 
I can live with bacon. So, but I agree with everything else you said. Where do you fall on an English muffin as a bun? Oh, interesting. There's a place called the Bowery in, um, in LA that does it. They do a fabulous job and they got good meat. I'm not, I'm not opposed to it. I like that somebody wants to be a little bit different. Once again, it's got to be a fresh English muffin yeah. um, because English muffin could get stale. Um, they last longer for some reason, but I'll, I'll do it. I'm not going to like, or if you had a choice between brioche, English muffin, and um, a regular uh, like bun, bun, a Wonder Bread bun, I'm taking the Wonder Bread bun. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, and then the Martin's rolls, let's talk about the Martin's buns because those are awesome, but it's a cheat code. Anyone who uses a Martin's roll, in my opinion, you're just cheating. They got sugar in that bun. It's like, you know what I mean? And that's in, I think it's like, you're not letting the burger speak for itself. You're like letting the sugar from the bun. And by the way, I think the bun's amazing. I love it so much that I think it's a cheat. You mean when so, restaurants use it, it's a cheat. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. Ever, that's the biggest, for the last two, three years, everybody's using Martin potato but I guess but I feel like if you're doing it at home, you've got to get Martin's because yeah. so many people will just buy like some other either crap at the at the grocery store that's not Martin's because they're like, oh, Martin's must be bad because it's on the lowest shelf. Like I'll get this mid-level other brand bun that tastes like shit. Or, or they, they get like a brioche, which is a disaster. No. It could be. It can be a disaster. Absolutely. Listen, I'm working to like, you know, some of my friends make the burrs with brioche buns and they know how I feel about it. You're, you're walking that line. It can make the experience incredible. Like a, it's like a donut, but it's also, it ruins the experience as well. As we yeah. all yeah. agree on. How exactly. do you feel about the apple pan burger? Okay. Here's my thing about apple pan. Apple pan is the best place to eat a burger. Yes. It's not the best burger. Like anyone who tells you it's the best burger, you know, your nostalgia is talking. Yeah. Be- because... It is the best place to eat a burger. You know what they have the best of? A tuna, tuna sandwich. Melt. Tuna melt. The tuna melt is off the menu, and it's incredible. If you're going to go have uh, go to Apple Pan, have the tuna melt. The burger is like, mm, it's the same. And I, I know I, people are going to hate It's like in and out. It, yeah, it's the greatest burger for the price, no mm-hmm. doubt. They got the best secret menu item, which really makes me exciting or excited. But the, the burger, come on. It's not better than Five Guys. It's not better than Shake Shack. Right. I think Wendy's is better. Wow. I, I like that you heard it here. Wendy's beats <laughs> in and out for all of our friends who are like, I have to go out to LA to try in and out, which you don't. Right. It's fine. But you know what? Their aesthetic is very cute and that sells a lot of it. What is the secret menu item that you were just referring to? Oh my God. They have a hundred. Uh, oh, so right. Well, they have like the animal style, all of that well, shit. But what's your favorite? Okay. So. So I actually kind of enjoy eating the protein style burger there, which is just the buns, take out the buns and put the lettuce in there. I also like a black and white milkshake. Um, I also enjoy going there and just literally making it a double cheeseburger with just like ketchup and mustard. And that's it. Just having it very simple. So. God damn, I want a burger now. (laughs) Oh, you know what they have? That's awesome. I used to really like this, like back in my day, was the Flying Dutchman. So the Flying Dutchman at In-N-Out is, is basically cheese, bu- uh, burger, cheese, burger. And the story goes is that in the, in the uh, late 70s, uh, people were bringing their dogs to In-N-Out and they wanted to have something for the dogs. So they made what was called the Flying Dutchman. 
And that's what I just described. And now bodybuilders go there and eat the flying duck. <laughs> I was about to be like, and all the dogs died from too much protein. <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. Well, that's what I'm going to get. What are you um, loving right now? And or like, where do you think things are moving? I Just kind of in, in your industry, what are you excited about? Well, in terms of burgers or just terms of like, I'm excited to like outdoor dining's back. I'm yeah. excited that, you know, people are going to go eat at restaurants again. I'm excited for all these people are out of jobs and they're being, they're going to be able to, you know, make money again and, and make food. And like I was saying, I think like the hardest thing for these people in this industry was not that they weren't making money because their, their, their unemployment was even better. Yeah. It was, it was the fact that they weren't doing what they love to do. Mm-hmm. And that's the hardest. Thing. Um, mm-hmm. So what I really love is that the people that thing that was taken away from these people that, you know, they love doing is, is going to be given back to them. Uh, so I think that's exciting. But you did mention like who had a good chicken sandwich? Houston, well, Hillstones. Hillstones. Like what are, are, is there something that you're like, Oh, I want to do, I want to bring this here. I want to promote this place that does this incredible Arancini or whatever it is. Yeah. So the first place I lost money in the food business was I wanted to open up a Canadian bar and uh, restaurant. And what the uh, fuck is a Canadian bar? Poutine? Uh, no, like, yeah, poutine. It's, uh, we have Alberta beef. We have Ontario blueberries. We have um, BC salmon. Ooh. We have uh, PEI oysters. Um, if you, if you, the one of the best restaurants in North America is a place called Joe Beef. Oh, I've been and, wanting to go there for so long, but you know, neither of them drink anymore and they're both vegetarian now. Yeah. Cause they, 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 enjoyed, like life, they enjoyed life a little too much. You've never <laughs> seen anyone fat over 50. Oh my yeah. God. Exactly. So, um, and, and well, here's the thing is this was my selling point and I couldn't even get the investors to, to invest in it, but there's a million Canadians that live in LA one million. Okay. And tons of celebrities and there's great Canadian food. There's Canadian whiskey. There's Canadian beer. There's so many amazing things about Canada. Well, let's put them all under one roof and, and I'm going to do it one day. I just didn't, this was before I was in the food business. Like I said, I I thought I was going to make money in the food business. I lost all my money in the food business, my first like fray into it. And, but I still believe that there's something really, really like, you know, cool about that. So yeah, I want to do, I'd like to do a Canadian bar and restaurant one day. And like, I, I really, I was talking to the guys from Joe Beef. I wanted to, they wanted a lot of money at the time for their menu, which by the way, when I think about it now, it's like, I think that, you know, I would have done it. <laughs> I will do it. So yeah. 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 Are you from Canada originally? Yeah. I'm from Toronto originally. Did you catch, catch some outs in the boats? That's right. Really? You're such an Angelino now. Uh, Yeah. So before my burger tour, I did I did this meatball and on, on Instagram, I can't get my 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 user handle back because I forgot my email that I set it up with. It's called oh, no. Major Major Meatball. And I every every weekend I go around trying meatball sandwiches. As a kid, me and my father and my grandfather would go on the weekends to this place called California Sandwiches. And California Sandwiches, I, I will I'll tell you the story about behind that in a minute. But they made these premium veal sandwiches and these chicken parm sandwiches and these meatball sandwiches. 
These are the best things you've ever put in your mouth. And they, they basically, funny enough, my sister married one of the kids from the family that started that. Oh so, God. so I wanted to bring that to LA and, you know, I still like, couldn't really like, I never really pulled the trigger on it. Everyone was like, you can't have veal in your meatballs. You can't have a veal sandwich. And I was like, nah, you listen. You know, it's not so, ethical. We, yeah. Cause LA people like, like healthy food and, and it's not ethical. The veal is a baby cow or baby calf. So it's, you know, I, I didn't really ever pull the trigger on it, mm-hmm. but there's not very many good premium Italian sandwiches in LA. Apparently back in like the thirties or forties, the Italians that came to California were all doing bad things and they got put in the jail and sent back to New York. Hey, there's not a a really great Italian food scene in LA. Like there's not a lot of good red sauce restaurants. I love Dantana's and their chicken parm is awesome. But if you really break it down, they've got three things on their menu that are good. And then everything else about that place is the, is the hospitality and the celebrity site. My friends and I have a joke about Dantana's that basically everything is actually just a side of ketchup. Like the marinara sauce is actually just ketchup. The shrimp <laughs> cocktail sauce is actually just ketchup. <laughs> but you the ambiance, you can't beat that ambiance. It really is killer. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. so classic. Yeah. LA's got a lot of that. And look, John and Vinny's are doing some pretty amazing things out here. So, you know, they're, and they're, they're not really a red sauce focused restaurant they're like so much more talented than just a red sauce restaurant so but one of the things i will do while i'm here is bring like a real italian like red sauce um experience here eventually and a canadian bar that's right i love that canadian bar idea i want to spend more time in canada well this was so much fun yeah so great to meet you oh 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 wait we have one last question we have one yeah. last quick question. We try and ask everyone, unless we forget, which yeah. we often do. If you, this is very important stuff. If you were stuck on a desert island and you could only have one type of chip, what would it be? Oh, chip. Yeah, like what kind? What bag of chips would you bring? Ruffles, sour cream, and onion. Nice. Mm. Nice. Solid. Solid. Yeah. Why not? Who else? If I'm on that island by myself, who cares about my breath? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a joy. Can't I, I still have never had Prince Street pizza. Well, you I could walk right some. down there. You could literally walk right down there in 20 minutes. I could literally walk there, you guys. <laughs> you could skateboard crazy. there. You could ride an electric scooter there. Is that very Gen Z? Are are skateboards and electric scooters Gen Z? I think electric scooters are. Hmm. Well, mm, gotta get one. I'm trying to be Gen Z. <laughs> Considering it, she considers the electric scooter. You would certainly fall and break an ankle. Oh, I'd break an ankle. I'd break my face. It'd be a total disaster. I shan't do it. No, the um, pizza is very good, but not worth a broken bone. Fair. Uh, what a fantastic episode! Thank you so much, Lawrence, for coming on. What a fun person to show us around LA. I feel like the guests this past season from LA, in particular, have been. Just so fun loving and cool. Like if we could get them all in a room at some point when we go out there. What yeah. a party. Yeah. I know. I'm like kind of next season, maybe we have to get some more New York people. This has been a very LA heavy season, which is funny for us. It is. Yeah. So we're just we really want that sunshine. <laughs> yeah, that could be it. <laughs> anyway, we love you guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks. 
Lawrence for making time. We will be back next week with part two of our spring cleaning series. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you said that. I am going to spend the next week going through, you know what I want to go through at my kitchen? Utensils. I want to talk about utensils. I want to talk about like how much of stuff you need. What have you gotten rid of? Oh, I want to talk about when you moved out of your apartment. Like if you got rid of stuff from your kitchen. I'd love, I'd love to talk about that. (laughs) We got to go. I'm allergic to the podcast. Oh my God. Okay. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. Thank you, Colin. Ciao. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.